What is it really all about? And uh, joining us a little bit in the next hour, as we're getting him on a bit late via video uh, link, uh, is Stefan Molyneux, a Canadian philosopher, blogger, essayist, author, and host of uh, Free Domain Radio series of podcasts. Very articulate gentleman. Some great videos have been made with his work. He's written numerous articles, been published on libertarian websites such as LewRockwell.com, Annie War, and we uh, really appreciate him joining us. He's a multi-time author. He has written on truth, the tyranny of illusions, universally preferable behavior. Uh, it just goes on. We'll talk about it all with him. His website is uh, FreeDomainRadio.com, and we've got him linked up on Infowars.com. But, Stefan, what is the nature of the control freak, and why do they always, like a tropism, like a spider spins a certain type of web, a plant turns towards the sun, why do governments always wear black uniforms and in the end start mass murdering and burning everything while running around naked declaring themselves God? We now see TSA <laughs> weekly literally going crazy declaring God, stripping down naked. What is that tropism and how do we deal with it? And why did the, why is there sacrament uh, murdering children? Well, power is an addiction and power can't be understood outside the context of psychological addictions. And psychological addictions always escalate. Like if you've ever known someone with a drug problem or a drinking problem, they, they always escalate until there's a catastrophe. And then, and then, and sometimes only then, there is the possibility that people will wake up and say, you know, if you're a heavy drinker and you find yourself lying in a ditch in Vegas with, I don't know, a dead hooker or something like that, then part of you is going to say, maybe, just maybe, I should look into my drinking as a problem. We're very close to that cliff edge, in my opinion, right now. As you say, the fiat currency is going down. Uh, WikiLeaks is about to expose the fact that uh, Bank of America is probably extremely corrupt and has no particular ownership of the homes that they're foreclosing on, which is going to cause a massive run on uh, U.S. debt. And so we're right close to sort of waking up in the ditch in Vegas uh, and saying to ourselves, what are we doing by putting these nut jobs with guns at the center of organizing society? And how could we expect the initiation of force in the solution of, of social problems to, to come up with anything other than all of these series of catastrophes and disasters for the common man. Very well said. I want uh, one of your many uh, research points uh, is that nations are just, and I agree with you, are basically nothing more uh, than farms, different systems of farming, and how the more open farms always create incredible uh, inventions and wealth, but then that allows the parasites to grow, and it's a cycle. Break that down briefly, and then let's get into the WikiLeaks information. I was told by John Young, big WikiLeaks insider, who I want to get back on this week, Jaron, forgot to tell you that, uh, that it would be Bank of America and other big banks. Now the mainstream media is saying that's indeed what's about to happen. Give us your view on what that's going to trigger. But first, uh, you know, that amazing breakdown you do, when we, and it's complex, but at the same time simple, explaining how society really operates. Sure. If you think about floating above a map of the world, then you see, of course, countries with borders and different uh, colors. And my perspective is that, and it's a very strong case to be made for this, that what you're looking at is a series of tax farms where human beings are encouraged to breed. And then when they breed, for the most part, their children are taken into the care of the state. In other words, to break the parent-child bond, most people are forced, because of high taxation, to go. Two parents are forced to go to work 
in the marketplace, which means that state-run or state-licensed daycares take over the children, which is something that the, the, the church in its wildest dreams could never have imagined. And uh, then the, these children are brought up with adherence to the state as parent. And then they're told that the state is there to help them and there to take care of them and there to organize things. And they're made afraid of freedom. In other words, if you can convince your livestock that out there beyond the field is nothing but predators and danger, then you don't actually even need to build a fence because they'll all just stay in the invisible electronic fence of propaganda. And so people grow up, and one of the amazing things that has happened in the democratic or crony capitalist model, which is what the US and most of Western Europe is currently running under, and my home tax farm of Canada, is that they realized that if you don't force someone into an occupation, which was the feudal and the Roman model, if you allow someone to choose his own occupation, he's going to feel a lot more free and he's going to be a lot more productive because he's going to have enthusiasm. You can't make slaves enthusiastic. You can't make serfs enthusiastic. But people who become lawyers and doctors and accountants and podcasters have an enthusiasm because they believe that they're in control of their own lives. But of course, unless you control the currency, unless the citizens control the currency, there's no freedom, either economic or political whatsoever. So because we're allowed, we are allowed to choose our own occupations, we're that much more productive. We create that much more wealth, which is a story since the Industrial Revolution. However, that wealth is then further taxed and further taxed to create a massive and bloated slug-like leech of a ruling class that hangs off the economic jugular of the citizenry until, like a cancer, it grows to the point where it overwhelms the host. And that's what, of course, is happening with the government. And that's you have the crossroads the that we've now had. Yeah. Will we kick the giant parasitic vampiric slug dripping with pus off of us or this slug has mind control beams through the television its eyes blink they're teaching you to love it and see it as a beautiful wand uh but i mean can we break the conditioning and see that it's a you know vomit reeking slug and will we pull it off of us and then you know crawl away and you know get some substance and survive or will we succumb uh, to the slug and let it fully suck us dry with its scrofulous, scrofulous mouth. First of all, I'd like to, to thank you, Alex, for really getting behind my metaphor and giving it a good push. I think that really propelled it to a new height. <laughs> Yuck, uh, we can, we absolutely can, because we have mind-freeing rays called internet data packets, which people can get information that previously was completely unavailable. So we can, but there's no certainty that we will. That depends upon the actions and commitment and intensity of individuals. And this is the kind of problem that does not appear to happen in a catastrophic way until it's almost too late. So getting people to wake up to the rumblings at the top of the mountain saying, there's going to be an avalanche, there's going to be an avalanche, and people are like, no, nah, it's just snowing a little, you know, it snows sometimes. That's the challenge that we have to do to remind people that we're not crazy for saying, wake up, wake up, and act. Absolutely. Uh, Stefan Molyneux is our guest. We're going to come right back with him and get his view on these big WikiLeaks announcements. The next salvos to come out reportedly on Bank of America. Stay with us. GCN Live. You've got it. You know, I don't know who to believe about the whole WikiLeaks thing, but I know this. It's a case point. It's a test case. If they are allowed to arrest or imprison or even execute, as Bill O'Reilly and 
Huckabee and others have called for, then there's no free press in this world. And I've seen Sarah Palin say that he's un-American uh, and that he should be extradited here. Well, he's not an American. So, I mean, it really shows. <laughs> he's for once, Palin. yeah. Whatever you think of her is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. It's when she talked about our ally, North Korea. I mean, she's not, she's not fit to be dog catcher just with her knowledge of the world. But that's a distraction overall. The point I was trying to get to here uh, is that a lot of people I respect, like Wayne Madsen and others, and 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 John Young of Cryptome, who who registered uh, with the WikiLeaks domain, have said it's full of intelligence agency operatives, uh, and that I remember hearing a year ago that next it would be going after banks, specifically enemies of George Soros and others, and now we see that coming out, but. Uh, overall, it's very positive to have an open, free society. And uh, I just see WikiLeaks being used as an electronic Pearl Harbor. And I predicted that. And now they want to come in with total draconian control in the name of restricting the web because of WikiLeaks. Uh, so I think at certain levels, this is being manipulated. Uh, Stefan, uh, please continue. Well, I think that the WikiLeaks is... Um Interesting because the revelations about the war in Afghanistan did not meet with much outrage from media pundits. The revelations about the spying on UN members and other nasty things that were going on in American intelligence uh, community was not met with much outrage. Now the outrage is really boiling over because this is going to cut to the financial jugular of the fiat currency system. Because what happened, of course, as you know, is that people um, took out mortgages with the banks. The banks packaged them up and basically took a, a cup of liquid, blue liquid, and put it into the ocean. In other words, they spliced and diced all of these mortgages and sold them in bits and pieces all over the world. And now that the mortgages are failing, people are saying, okay, who owns my house? Like, if you want to take my house back, you have to prove to me that you own it. But this has all been turned into confetti. All these deeds of ownership have been turned into confetti and blown into the four winds, and there's nothing there that, that anybody owns in particular. And if Bank of America knew this and foreclosed, anyway, then they're going to be liable to significant criminal proceedings. That's going to go out to other banks in the U.S. system and overseas, which is going to be a hammer blow to the tottering fiat currency system around the world. And I think that's what people are becoming so hysterical about. That's why people are calling for the assassination of this guy who did nothing. He actually released all of his information through mainstream media. Uh, but of course, they're not courageous enough to go after the mainstream media because they need the mainstream media to lull the sheep with shiny objects of nonsense and inconsequentiality. So uh, I think it's really important to understand that there's a lot more at stake for the ruling class with the Bank of America potential scandal uh, than there ever was with the revelations about dishonesty in, in war and diplomacy. Well, there's something more here and I want to get your take on this, Stefan, that this too-big-to-fail has been their plan since the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. These private banking families have used similar systems in Europe, in the third world, over and over again by connecting everybody's pension funds and investments to uh, this toxic stew of derivatives that have been mixed in with all the real investments. They can now always hold people hostage to give us unlimited trillions, bail us out, give us more power, or we'll bring the whole system down. But if you look at the mathematical breakdown, it's a foregone conclusion that nothing can fix this. All we can do is go ahead and take the hit and then arrest these criminals. 
Well, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. The system can't be recovered. I think it's important to understand as well that the war chest of money was at its very highest peak because, of course, all the Social Security money has been collected and largely spent. But this is right before the biggest payout of government to citizen in history, which is the retirement of the baby boomers. So the amount of money that the government owes, it's right at its peak. And right before all of this money needs to start being paid out in, in health care and in old age pensions to people, the system itself gets completely pillaged. And exactly. I don't think that's an accident. Right at the time, right at right. the time that the baby boomers start to retire, oh, they've been investing all these years. Guess what? It's been stolen. So baby boomers, you better submit to total big government and all these new taxes on the young people and join us in the too big to fail or you'll never get your money. But we know from the third world experiences, Argentina, the list goes on and on. Brazil, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Eastern Europe, Weimar Republic, Germany, that once the yuppies buy in to the immorality of robbing everybody below them, then they're going to have it all taken from them as well. Stay there. I want you to continue on that key point, amazing point that Stefan just made. Stay with us. Hey, Stefan, can we reconnect with you? The video is getting a little muddy over time. We now take you live to the Central Texas Command Center in the heart of the resistance. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. We're going back to Stefan Molyneux to cover a host of issues and where he sees the human awakening going, how he sees the collision between the criminal cadres and free humanity in the future. Uh, we're going back to him here in just a moment. Uh, don't forget, we're doing some key search terms today. We want to make these search terms uh, number one so we can reach uh, a lot of people uh, out there. And if you go up to Infowars.com and PrisonPlanet.com, you can get this story. Is mass bird and fish die-off connected to government testing? And then when you read through the article, you learn it is government uh, or this criminal organization known as government that is the number one suspect uh, in the mass bird die-off in Arkansas. And when people read the article, they won't just learn about the birds, they'll learn about all of the, or many of the admissions of the government actually murdering innocent people in cold blood just to see if they could get away with it. They are exempt from the laws that they erect to ensnare us. So we're doing the search term, bird government testing. That's one search term, put those three words into Google. And then the second search term uh, is end game, two words, end game, uh, dealing with my film uh, that's free at YouTube uh, that's over two hours long, very well done, uh, that uh, covers the entire globalist depopulation program because knowing their operation is half the battle, as G.I. Joe uh, would say. Uh, also, yes, all of my films are available for free online. We promote that. We push that. Because the general public is still in a myopic morass of, of, of literal dream state. But those of you who support what we do, you make it possible. And you get the films first and you get them in higher quality and there's a better download function. And you get the live video stream and the higher quality audio podcast. And I ask PrisonPlanet.tv members who pay 15 cents a day, $5.95 a month, to support us by uh, getting a membership. But uh, every year in December and a little bit into January, 
We've got a deal where you can get five months free when you sign up. You pay for 6.7 months. You get 5.3 months free is what it comes out to. And we're not the government coming with a gun and pointing it right at your head and saying, give me this money or I'm going to blow your head off. But then notice that the government then lies and tries to demonize the liberty movement whenever we try to fund ourselves. <laughs> As if it's wrong for me to even put films out for free, but then say, if you want it in the highest quality and to support us, buy the DVDs, the T-shirts, the ball caps, the materials at Infowars.com, which also further spread the word. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we need the capital to fund our operation, to continue growing and engaging the globalists. And who can deny we're at the tip of the spear thanks to your support and the information we cover and my great crew and the Genesis Network and all of our affiliates. But I want to make it very plain again. Now is the time to get a PrisonPlanet.tv membership. Now is the time to get multiple memberships and give them to friends and family. You just create multiple memberships with username and passcodes and then give them the username and passcode uh, in a email as a card. And then you give them the gift of reality, the gift of <laughs> awakening, the gift of understanding. All I'm trying to get people to do is to simply question things and to study history. And if you do that, you'll realize we're not in Kansas anymore, and this cycle of corruption is coming to a head in a very violent way. But thanks to your support, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of people just in the last few years have seen our films for free on different online video platforms, the file sharing, the YouTube, the Google. And it's an exponential growth curve to the point of I got Nightline down here interviewing me, Rolling Stone for a cover story, I mean, MSNBC. And yeah, most of them are hit pieces, but they're having to respond because we've developed a giant monster audience that is active. And the system is now understanding that ignoring us hasn't worked for them. It's backfired. So they're now having to engage us. We've got the big guns trained on us. What did Gandhi say? First, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they attack you. Then you win. So now is the time to spread the word about Infowars.com, what we do more than ever. And other great activists uh, out there, of course, uh, like our guest who joins us, Stefan Molyneux of FreeDomainRadio.com. Okay, Stefan, you got cut off by the break and my gibbering. Uh, uh, I was getting into the fact of, because I always bring in another element about how right is in Europe and the United States and England and Canada, right as people have been paying into these social security Ponzi schemes, right as we're supposed to get our pension funds that we've invested, uh, you know, in these private systems, it's all gone in derivatives. And then we get the internal Goldman Sachs emails. They knew all about it. We know it was premeditated. And so they're holding the yuppies hostage saying, if you want your goodies, you better go along with total government and really raping younger people. Now, will they buy into that? Stefan, how do you see all this coming together? Well, look, I mean, there is a very strong problem, a huge problem that governments around the world are facing at the moment, which is that they have no money to pay off the Social Security and Medicare Medicaid bills that there are due. And like anybody who's caught with their pants down, who's not a very good person, the first thing that governments are trying to do is to create a scapegoat uh, as to why the money isn't there. And they're going to have a lot of explaining to do, as Ricky Ricardo used to say, they're going to have a lot of explaining to do to the population who have no other options. They've been taxed so heavily 
uh, their savings have been pillaged, their houses have been devalued, they have nothing, or a lot of people have almost nothing to retire on. I mean, the majority of Americans are literally living pennies to pennies, paycheck to paycheck. They have nothing to retire on. So governments have no money to pay them. And so what are they going to do? Well, they create a crisis, they pillage what's left, and then they can blame the banks and they can blame capitalism, they can blame freedom, and then they can move in and say, well, you know, we tried giving your retirement money to the stock market, but the stock market pillaged it all, so now we're going to have to take over even more. It really is up to people who've got the economic knowledge and intelligence and hopefully communications abilities to remind people that the problem is not the handshake. The problem is always the gun. The gun, the gun, the gun in the room is what is always causing the problem. The fact that a government has the monopoly on violence is what is causing all of these problems. The stock market is a completely bizarre and mutated entity relative to its, its original It's totally purpose. rigged, and I want you to get into that, and, and the whole system of government being a gang with a flag and a propaganda mm -hmm. core. But, but going back, because I want you to quantify this, and I want to quantify my position. Uh, yes, they are using uh, what's happened with the banks as a way to demonize capitalism, but that's free market, free will, moral capitalism, not the crony, fascist, insider uh, capitalism. Uh, the, 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 the predatory capitalism isn't capitalism at all. It's big mega corporations using government to consolidate power. So it's the mega elite on record preparing to scapegoat the middle class smaller banks and the free market for what they've done. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, if you think of a, a you know, a, a sort of a neighborhood where there's a big mafia, the mafia goes and takes all of this money by threatening shopkeepers and honest workers. The mafia goes and takes all of this money and then the mafia spends all this money on different things, you know, catering and parties and, and sedans or whatever. And so a lot of businesses become dependent upon the mafia's spending habits. And they then, in a sense, work to legitimize the mafia, because that's who they've become dependent on for their income. And so what's going to happen is people really only see the businesses. They don't see the government at the root of it. And so the, the businesses become a convenient scapegoat, though I would not say that all businesses are entirely innocent of collusion with the state. But yeah, it's really important to remember that the, the, the money that is collected and printed and manufactured and borrowed by government flows out into the economy and it creates a lot of, uh, you know, like sharks have those little striped fish that hang around and pick up the uh, bits of fish that they chew. There's a lot of fascistic corporations hanging off the government's yes, money Yes, government hose. empowers those fascistic corporations. That's why they're always lobbying to expand it. And out of 100 largest economies, almost half of them are not countries, they're now private corporations. So that's my issue with pure anarchists sometimes, is they see a company as a company when they really operate as a government, and then they create artificial clones of uh, real moves to liberty. They create privatization, but it isn't really privatization. Uh, it is a private group now becoming quasi-government. Well, look, corporations are state entities. It's really important to remember corporations were created in the 19th century to give executives a lack of, to exclude them from liability for what their, what their company did. And in return for this exclusion of liability, the, uh, the uh, corporate executives agree to pay taxes, right? So it's a bribe to the government in, in the form of corporate taxes in return for the exclusion from liability for whatever their companies do. And that's really the fundamentals. There's no such thing as a corporation as we currently understand it now. There would be never any such thing without the government. It is a state-created predatory monster. But it's really, really important to remember that these things would have no power 
without the violence of the state uh, driving uh, all of this money and all of this power. We have to, in, in a sense, look past the corruptions of the corporations, which is a mere effect of state power, and look at the root of evil, which is the gun held to the neck of the average citizen to pay taxes, to be a tax livestock, uh, and to be obedient, to send their kids to school, to submit to authority. It's the gun, not the effects of the gun, that we need to focus on. Well, I agree with you that if you go back 235 years ago when this country got founded, there were no corporations. And then about 160 years ago, in a few limited cases, government would want to build a bridge or a railroad and robber barons, the Carnegies, the Rockefellers, the, the, the usual suspects, on record came and said, give us a corporation then for liability protection, and it would only be for the life of the construction project. <laughs> now here we are with corporations that have immunity, that have rights that never go away. Well, yeah, and look, executives get to take the profits out of a corporation, but they don't have to pay losses back into the corporation. It's a one-way money tunnel. And uh, that, of course, is a pretty sweet deal. It's the private equivalent of the Federal Reserve in that you can make money and you get to keep the winnings. But if you lose money, uh, the, the employees and the taxpayers, uh, sorry, the employees and the stockholders are the ones who get shafted. So, again, these, it's really easy to, to look at corporations because they're more visible and they're what we actually deal with. And corporations, you can also have some small effect on them through boycotts, which you can't have through government. But to me, the problems with corporatism are a distraction from the real cause of it. I think if you think of a sort of stream coming down a river, uh, there's, if somebody's pouring bucket after bucket of, of pollutant or blood in the top of the stream, then there's going to be all these problems downstream. And we're always distracted by looking at the problems downstream and saying, well, how are we going to clean this? How are we going to fix this? How are we going to make this uh, whole again? But what we have to do is go to the source where somebody's pouring all this pollutant, and that is the state. The corporate problems are an effect of the monopoly of power and currency and counterfeiting that the state holds. And it's really important not to be distracted by the effects of power and continue to drill down to the actual source of all of this, which is the monopoly of force that the government has. Well, I tend to agree with you. Uh, but, you know, I'd like to give you the floor in the last 20 minutes or so that we've got left, Stefan. I mean, I've got some other questions to get your perspective on this. Uh, I mean, how do you see this ending? Where do you see this going? Clearly in history, governments filled with the type of miscreants who can only be successful within that artificial system uh, go on a power-mad drinking binge, uh, as you described it, literally drinking uh, blood, uh, you know, in one way or the other, sucking off their fellow uh, humans. Uh, they always create a stagnation uh, where the average person just stops producing uh, as their ultimate form of protest towards government. I mean, where do you see this ending? I mean, clearly government is entering the depths of insanity right now. Well, it's only insanity if you're looking for a sustainable income for society as a whole. The people who are currently pillaging the treasury are getting millions and billions and sometimes even trillions of dollars, which they can then live on for 10 generations. So it on it's only insane for society as a whole. It's entirely sane and rational, uh, or evil, but rational uh, in terms of self-interest for the people who are currently controlling the money system and, and the government. So the way it's going to go, in my opinion, Alex, is that I mean, it's either going to get better or it's going to get worse, for sure. And it's not going to get better for everyone, and it's not going to get worse for everyone. So it's a complex question. Again, I want to reiterate to, to your point about, you know, people, you know, buying subscriptions and so on. It, it is really important that we support people uh, either directly or indirectly or become one of those people who are out there talking uh, the truth to power. I think it's really important. 
So it is up to the actions of individuals. That is exactly, there's no inevitability in history as there is uh, no inevitability in anyone's personal life. It is entirely based upon the choices you make and the commitments that you have. That having been said, I think that what's going to happen is pretty predictable, which is that uh, the dependent classes are going to get the short end of the stick, to say the least, right? So the people who are retiring, the people who are dependent on welfare, the people who are dependent upon the government largesse, uh, just as at the end of the Roman Empire, they get truly shafted. And what happens is the government, uh, you know, Obama and people are going to get on the TV and they're going to say, well, you know, this is a terrible situation. The bankers stole all the money. We as the government were just so helpless <laughs> to do anything about it. And so what we have to do together is we have to get on a war footing with scarcity. So we have to, you know, all buckle down. We all have to share the pain. We're going to have to share accommodations. We're going to have to eat cat food. We're going to have to, you know, uh, not have as much food for our pets. We're going to have to eye our goldfish with tartar sauce. We're going to have to do all of this pulling together. And this artificial war and togetherness is going to create it. It's going to be created because of all the scarcity that is coming down the pipe for the people who are dependent upon state power. I totally and agree with you, by the way, and we see how this is premeditated because they've been preparing the green austerity and the rationing and training the younger people that it's really sexy. And so they're getting <laughs> everyone uh, prepared that it's cool uh, to have austerity. I mean, if you go to Whole Foods, literally every time I'm in there every few months, half the magazines are how cool austerity is and how cool it is to lose your house and how bad it is to have money. So yeah, they no, will the, also uh, then be sick on anybody who's been able to not be completely uh, destroyed by this system. Yeah, the fat will always teach the hungry that starvation is a virtue. Uh, that's how they sort of maintain themselves. And some people will fall for this and say, well, you know, we're now in a war against scarcity and we've all got to pull together. But some people will simply run out of patience and there will be the inevitable riots and there will be the inevitable blockades. I mean, up here in Canada, when they tried to reduce some of the farmers' uh, payouts, you know, these subsidies for farming, which are so destructive to, to the world economy as a whole, and particularly to third world farmers who can't compete with free food dumped on their lands, they tried to cut the subsidies to the farmers. The farmers all took their tractors and drove at three miles an hour up and down the highways, you know, basically uh, killing the entire economy. So there is going to be uh, an escalation of resistance over time. There is going to be an escalation of violence. That, it's too late to prevent that, in my opinion. But what we can do is basically, once the gun comes out of the holster, it's going to be a lot more evident to people when we've been saying for years and years and decades and decades, when we've been saying there's a gun in the room that you don't see, it's not a social contract, it's livestock, you are expendable, you are owned, you are harvested like a crop. It sounds nutty when people see Obama giving handshakes and being charismatic and presentable and wearing a suit and not fatigues. But when the guns come out, as they're going to come out when the dependent classes rise up against this scarcity, when the guns comes out, not only will people see the gun in the room that we've always been talking about, but the fact that we've always been talking about it and now it comes gives us a kind of credibility that can really help. And by the way, they're already training us that when the gun comes out, it's for Al-Qaeda. But then when we get the internal documents, it's all about us. This whole grid is for all of us. We'll be right back. I read the news today. Oh We're going into very serious times, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. This slow rotting, this marination in this... Uh, 
false reality that only big government can create has made us weak. And uh, we don't really learn about our metal until we get tested. The Drudge Report is top-linked in red to our story. I was just over visiting drudgereport.com and, and, and looking at these stories about hundreds of youth running around uh, rioting uh, inside of um, a mall and gunshots outside. And now the news is, and the police are saying it may have been organized on the internet. Oh, so the government needs to censor the web now. How about using social media for flash mobs for liberty and freedom, not for lawlessness? Uh, but I was over there looking at those stories that I was going to cover next hour after uh, our guest uh, leaves us. And, you know, dead fish cover 20 miles of Arkansas River. Thousands of birds fall from sky. Connected to government testing, question mark. And, and my only issue, as I said earlier, if government's always been doing this over and over again, why isn't government being looked at? Uh, going back to that question from earlier, Stefan, because I really want your uh, uh, insightful view on this. Why does anyone trust or like government <laughs> when government is the author of almost all major crimes, the only author of giant mass murder in the, in the hundreds of thousands and millions, when every major government is constantly caught testing deadly chemical, biologicals, and radiologicals on populations? A, why does the public, uh, through, I guess, some kind of, uh, what's the psychological disorder uh, where people love their abusers? Oh, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, Stock I mean, is it Stockholm syndrome, uh, uh, or 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 uh, Stockholm by uh, by proxy, uh, or uh, well, I mean, I mean, there's that question as I'm ranting here. But then also, <laughs> why does government again spin this same type of web every time? Well, I think that's a, it. Really, is the essential question because the fundamentals of what we're talking about in the freedom movement are so simple. It's so simple. Uh, it is like saying stealing is bad, uh, violence is bad, except in self-defense. This is kindergarten morality, right? Don't hit, don't steal, don't punch, uh, and keep your word. The, everything we're talking about is so simple. It's not like we're trying to convince pygmies of Einstein's theory of relativity. We're talking about very, very simple things here. And the question I've always struggled with, Alex, is why is it so hard for people to understand these basic things? And I think there's a, there's a couple of answers I'll just touch on briefly here. I don't claim to have a monopoly on the answers. But the first is, of course, the Stockholm Syndrome that the government raises most people. Uh, they spend more time with the government than they do with their parents, than they do with their community. And so what happens is uh, they end up loving the government, so to speak. They end up attached to this authority figure that uh, they imprinted upon. It's like you see those ducks uh, in nature shows that imprint upon an orange balloon and then they just follow that balloon around. It's just Instead, an imprinting. Instead, they've uh, like. imprinted on the blood-drinking slug. Well, sure, except they don't. They see it as a guardian angel or whatever, right? So I think that's the first thing. I think. I think the second thing is that people don't like to try to reduce power because then they'll find out that they can't, right? So uh, even Sam Harris, uh, who seems a scientist and a rationalist, is talking for you know increased government power in the economy and a world government and so on. And why are they doing that? Because people like to feel like they're having an effect on changing things. And every time you go to the government and say, I think you should have more power, the government says, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, brother, 150%. That's a great idea. And then things change. You want to pass another law. You want to raise a new tax. You want to punish someone else. 
that all works. So people like getting behind that uh, tank rolling down the hill and pushing it because they feel like they're having some effect. You try and reduce the power of government, you'll realize just how little power you really have in your society. Very well said. And, and the social engineers are masters at steering that foaming at the mouth mob that the founding fathers warned us about so much. Uh, we'll be right back in 60 seconds with our guest. Stay with us. Waging war on corruption. Alex Jones on the GCM Radio Network. Big Brother. Mainstream media. Government cover-ups. You want answers? Well, so does he. He's Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. And now, live from Austin, Texas, Alex Jones. Stefan Molyneux is our guest, author, researcher. We're going to talk to Stefan for 10 hours. Got a bunch of economic news, geopolitical news, environmental news, a lot of hardcore information coming up. And I've also got a list of points I want to go over before this next hour ends. But in the four minutes we've got left, Stefan, I want to thank you for joining us. A. B. Uh, other points uh, that you see on the horizon for 2011. Do you think that the awakening, uh, uh, that I mean, that, that we can really say 2010 was the year of the awakening? Uh, or do you think I'm wrong on that point? I think that we are still in the process of awakening. Obviously, it's not a sort of bookended black and white deal. I think that the amount of energy that we need to pursue, uh, that we need to invest in waking people up isn't, has never been greater. I think 2011 is going to be a make or break year. I mean, there is obviously momentum in the downward movement. We need to try and get people to wake up. On the plus side, people are getting enough empirical evidence and emotional uneasiness about where the system is. Everybody gets deep down that the current system is completely unsustainable, particularly with the explosion in astounding deficits over the past two, two years. There is, oh, really since the war, but uh, since the wars began. So people get mathematically, fundamentally, you don't have to be a PhD in mathematics to know that we are in a completely unsustainable situation. Everybody understands this. The unemployed Tragic though it is, it is a wake-up call. You know, the system is no longer working for you. Middle-class incomes have stagnated or declined since the 1970s, since uh, uh, we went off the, uh, the res residuals of the gold standard, and which is entirely predictable. People get that the dollar has lost over 90% of its value since the Fed came in. Uh, Ron Paul, in talking about auditing the Fed, is waking people up to the fact that they, they swim in this ocean of fantasy money which is uh, bleeding away their resources. So the fact is there's so much evidence that uh, we're not talking about a, a, um, uh, an island over the horizon that we're afraid of hitting. We're, it's within sight. That's it's right. We're up. here. And that was the point I was trying to make. Uh, I, I mean, to, to quantify it, I'm saying I see 2010 as the time when the momentum began to shift and I saw a greater amount of awakening in that one year than I'd seen in the previous 10. So I see that as a quantum acceleration, but also I see the gun coming out of the holster, as you said, where the Secretary of Defense openly says, Last week, I don't care what the American people want or if 65% are against the Afghan war, it's going to continue. I mean, they're really being more brazen. Yeah, and what have we always heard? If you, if you have nothing to hide, you should not be afraid of scrutiny. 
Well, of course, with WikiLeaks, we can turn that exact same question back to the government and say, if you have nothing to hide, why are you afraid of some scrutiny? And the government can, of course, rifle through our bank accounts and our internet activities and, and our health records and anything else that you could imagine, uh, or our tax records. But the moment we turn that light back on the government, they start calling for the assassination of a foreign national who has broken no US laws. They're calling for a hit. This is something out of a mafia movie. And it's gone without significant comment in the mainstream media. A hit has been called out for on Julian Assange. That is kind of a, a, a thing that once you see it and once you point it out, you can't really go back to the cuddly government that's just interested in protecting you from, from dangerous people overseas. So I think that the, the violence, the hysteria, the aggression, the panic, and the disasters are accumulating to such a degree that when you say the system is fundamentally broken, people will agree. Now, when you say it's fundamentally unrepairable, people still have a problem, but at least they know that something has to change and they also don't want it to change for the worst. We still have enough residual of classical liberalism, of libertarianism, of uh, you could say even the ancient Greek devotion to personal liberty. We have enough of that residual left that we can still turn it around, but we really have to get behind this wheel and push and push and push. Stefan Molyneux, I want to do three, four minutes with you on the other side because I want you to really be able to boil down your political view uh, because when you, you call yourself a classical liberal, that's what I call myself, a modern conservative will think then that we're communist. I mean, they've really changed the terms. So I want to get down to, to terms and language. Big Brother, mainstream media, government cover-ups. You want answers? Well, so does he. He's Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. And now, live from Austin, Texas, Alex Jones. All right, Stefan Molyneux is our guest for just a few more minutes. And uh, then we're going to get into the economy, the smattering of other really important news including uh, these reports that are up on the Drudge Report. In fact, guys, I hit print on these. We grab them out of the printer for me? Thank you. Uh, 100 young people ransack store, mall closed, tumult, uh, plan promoted on social media sites. Uh, there's also just all sorts of unrest and craziness increasing all over the world. Drudge is also linked to our story uh, asking, are the... Uh, 20 miles of dead fish and the thousands of dead birds raining out of the sky connected to government testing. Well, that'd be my number one guess. That's our number one suspects. I mean, if government's just engaged in secret radiological, chemical, biological testing over and over and over again, then why would we not look at them as the number one culprit? Uh, but going back to Stefan, and if he just joined us, uh, he's an author. He's written on truth, tyranny of illusion. Uh, universally preferable behavior, a rational proof of secular ethics, real-time uh, relationships, logic, love, uh, everyday anarchy. It goes on from there. Uh, the website's uh, freedomdomainradio.com. Uh, Our websites, of course, are infowars.com and prisonplanet.tv. But uh, again, if you read 1984, he was just covering and 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 you know uh, putting down in fiction what he'd already witnessed working for government working for communist, working for BBC, working for the Imperial Police in India. And George Arwell, a.k.a. Uh, Eric Blair, or vice versa, you know, he wrote about destroying the language, reducing it down to where basically humans just 
make noise, you know, five or six noises like a chimpanzee or or like a cow. And now I see the studies out all over the world. The language is shrinking. People can't communicate. They take it as threatening if you can form complex ideas. Uh, but I don't think humanity is irrevocably broken. But when you say something like, you know, a classical liberal, the average dumbed-down mainline conservative, who isn't conservative at all, they love the big defense budgets, they love it all, uh, they think that means you're saying you're a communist, when a classical liberal is the opposite, aren't they? There's no word left that hasn't been polluted by statism through which you can describe yourself as a freedom lover. So if you say, well, I'm a pacifist in that I oppose the initiation of force, then people think that you just want to lie down and have people go through your pockets and you're not into self-defense. So you can't use that. Uh, you can't use uh, anarchist uh, because then people associate that with uh, idiots throwing bombs in malls, as you say, and there's not any particular coherence to that, even though people like Noam Chomsky call themselves anarchists. That's just not how the media portrays it. If you call yourself a liberal, people think that you're into big government programs. If people think you're, if you're a conservative, then people think that you want government to restrict gay marriage or whatever. So we've really been crowded out of the discourse, which is why I simply say I'm a philosopher. There are certain conclusions that I accept as a result of the rational application of philosophy. So I try not to describe my conclusions because I don't want to be identified by the conclusions. Like if you're a biologist, you don't say, well, I'm a Darwinist, right? You just say, well, I accept certain theories of evolution as scientifically valid or whatever. So you don't want to, I think I really try to avoid identifying myself by my conclusions, right? That I accept that a state and society is the only rational and consistent application of the non-aggression principle. There's no group of human beings that you can fence off and give virtually limitless power to and not have it turn out badly. I mean, that's just not a good idea at all. It's not how people organize neighborhood blocks. Like if they want to protect their neighborhood, they don't just give a tank and, and uh, a bomber and uh, an army to some guy on the street corner and say, well, you take care of it all because they know that that's going to act end up badly. So I try to avoid conclusions. What I try to do is to say, well, I'm a philosopher. I accept reason. I accept evidence. And therefore, uh, this is where it, it leads. And hopefully people will start thinking along those lines. But yeah, you're right. There's no word left that you can describe. You say, what are you? As I don't know, carbon-based life form is the best I can come up with. So uh, you're right. The language has been really polluted. And that is a, is a great challenge for people. I mean, I find myself every day I say I'm exposing the left-right paradigm because if you can shatter that and show how they divide us from each other so that we can be played off against each other instead of going after the actual social engineers, those that seek to limit knowledge, those that seek to dumb us down so we're more easily managed, uh, but then to even communicate with the general public, I have to use left-right paradigm terms to then right. even introduce them to new ideas. And again, I don't even claim to have that sophisticated of a worldview. I just know that the direction we're going in uh, is absolutely uh, destructive by any historical, common sense, uh, philosophical perspective. Stefan, it was great talking to you. I look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Good to have you here with us as one of the first guests in 2011. Thank you so much, Alex, and a very happy new year to you and uh, to all of your guests. And let's make this the year where we gain real traction and begin to really turn this thing around in a powerful way. And it's really important that people act decisively and concertedly and intelligently, because if it's not us, who is it going to be? And if it's not now, when is it going to be? The time is running out. So thank you so much for the, uh, uh, the conversation. I really do appreciate it. Stefan, great having you with us. As John Connor says, if you're listening to my voice, you are the resistance.
Look in the mirror, <laughs> folks. That's who's going to fix it. And